0: Hey guys, I hope you're doing great today and I can't wait to bring you the show. But before I do, I just want to make a quick request. If you're listening to the show and you're getting good value and you're enjoying the content and you feel that it's valuable, if you could just take a second and go and give me a rating and review in whatever platform you listen, whether it be Apple or Google or uh, Spotify, whatever it is, just go and give me a rating and review. That would be very appreciated. All right, guys, let's dive in.
1: So on, on, a, on a calculated gamble, um, we doubled down. We doubled down and we said, you know what? We're gonna increase our marketing. We're gonna expand um, into other markets. And we, at the time we were only doing California, we expanded to all 50 states. We expanded to being able to get in front of a lot more people and yeah. explain and educate them on the difference of what we did.
0: You're listening to the Just Start Real Estate Podcast. If you're serious about your real estate investing business and need real answers, you are in the right place. And now, your host, Mike Simmons. All right. Thank you for joining me on Just Our Real Estate. I'm excited to be back here with you. I cannot wait to bring you the latest installment of Just Our Real Estate with a great investor, a great leader, a great business owner. And uh, he has a lot to share with you today. And I want to bring that right now. But first, I'm going to ask you if you haven't given me a rating review, if you haven't gone in and taken the time. I get it. I don't like going in and having to do those little tasks. But I'm telling you, it would mean so much. And if you're listening and getting value and you like me and you like the show, it's the nicest thing you can do for me. And I really, really appreciate it. If you send me uh, a screenshot... Of the uh, rating and review that you just gave me, don't don't pull an old one. But if you have a new one, if you haven't done it before, and uh, you've given me a rating and review, and you send a screenshot of that to me at Mike at Just Start Real Estate, subject line: rating and review. i'll Just put rating and review in the subject line. Send me a screenshot. I just might do something for you. I just might send you something. I might give you something. Uh, I'm not going to say what. I'm not going to say what to expect. But if you do that, there might be something good coming your way. So give it a shot. You never know. It could be something you want really, really bad. Okay. On to today's show. Guys, I have Byron Enriquez on here. He is amazing. He has over 15 years in real estate financing experience, handling complex financial transactions always keeping uh, in mind risk mitigation as well as profitable profitable outcome for all parties he is a sales and leadership coach uh, he is just amazing in the sales and leadership uh, space he has lent he lends over 15 million dollars per month. Of pri- to private real estate investors to invest and buy in holds and flips and commercial real estate. Uh, he has been featured on Yahoo Finance, tons of podcasts, and he's been involved in over 1,500 real estate transactions. I think this guy knows what he's talking about. I think you should listen to him. I give you Byron Enriquez. All right, Byron. I, I, listen, man, I appreciate you doing this. Thanks for being on the show, and thanks for uh, uh, being a part of Just Start Real Estate.
1: Oh, I appreciate you having me. Thank, thanks for uh, making the time for me.
0: Absolutely, I'm excited to have you. Um, let's, if we can, real quick, let's kind of set the table a bit for the listeners. Uh, for anybody who has not heard you on any of the other podcasts you're doing, or have didn't see you on you know, Yahoo Finance, like they don't know who who Byron is. Tell the people a little bit about how did you get started in this industry? What did you do before, if anything? I don't know if you kind of started super young, but like, how did you end up in the industry that that we're in
1: here? Wow, so that's that's a multi million dollar question. We can be here for a couple hours, but I'm going to give you the, the Reader's Digest edition. <laughs> so I've been in the business now for probably close to 20 years. Um, done pretty much every aspect of either real estate lending, uh, property management, you name it. I've kind of done it all. Flip properties. Uh, you know, we've done, we've done everything. Um, my passion has really been in finance prior to getting into mortgage. Um, I was a foreign exchange trader, did securities trading for, for a few years. And, you know, that's my background is in finance and econ, um, and got into that. Um, but the, the, the interesting part of, you know, I like to share this story a little bit with people, it's coming from an immigrant family. Um, I remember being a kid, uh, my, my dad, you know, owning properties and, uh, you know, asking for help translating, uh, loan documents when I was maybe 12, 13 years old, wow. um, just just so he could understand making sure that, you know, at the time the do- loan documents were always in English and his English is good, just he always needed a second pair of eyes. And, yeah. and, I, and I say this now looking back that, that that actually triggered something and it really stuck with me uh, about the ages that made sense yeah um, you know, made a career out of it you know, so, so I guess I have somebody to thank for that. So was there any
0: point in your kind of growing up and you know growing into manhood that where you did some other job or was there any other interest in your life other than real estate at any point?
1: Um, not really, you know, I, you know, I did, I did, you know, in high school, we did, you know, the, the fast food thing, you know, you know, worked through college and put myself through school, got into banking at a very young age. I got into banking right at 18. um, And it was like a job fair at my college. And it was like, Hey, come work, you know, you know, answer the phones for the bank in the middle of the night. And, you know, when, when you're not doing homework and things of that nature. Um, And I really caught that banking bug. And I really always had that, that passion for finance. Um, But one of the things that like originally when I was in school, uh, like in high school, um, I wanted to be an architect. You know, that was one of my passions was architecture. Okay. Um, never made it anywhere near architecture, <laughs> but it filled the you know the real estate part. I think filled that that void yeah. uh, of enjoying being able to enjoy the properties, being able to enjoy a facade, being able to enjoy the architecture of a of a of a home.
0: Yeah, that's awesome, man. So I know that you you you're the founder and CEO of JSS Financial. Just like the, your foundation and, and you know helping your dad kind of read these contracts and be a second pair of eyes and getting into the banking industry is is what you said you did right off the bat. Why not just work your way up and become this you know sea level banking guy? like why entrepreneurship is not necessarily something you, is the logical step from banking, right? So why why do go out on your own? Where did you get that bug from?
1: And, and that's interesting because, and I did originally when, when I started my career, it was in banking and, and growing and, you know, you know, I, I had the passion and, and the drive to to, to climb the corporate ladder and I did, you know, and did, did lots of things and uh, to prepare myself and educate myself and I did all that. Um, and at one point, you know, I, I I was, I got veered into the mortgage side of it still within the banking world, um, running a big I was running the whole mortgage division for a big credit union out here in the West Coast. Mm. Uh, I mean, I had a couple hundred people under me. Uh, we we're funding over a billion dollars a year in business, doing over a hundred million dollars a month in in sales. I mean, just really, you know, I, I mean, I reported to the CEO, right? So I was at that level. Um, and then I realized I'm sitting here building something for somebody else, mm. right? I sat here and I built and I built. And, and I mean, I was meetings back to back from seven in the morning to seven o'clock at night, every yeah. single day. Just wearing myself to the bone, um, and realize that you know what there, there's there's a different option here. Uh, if I can build in this direction, um, and I had I had tried it in the past and I had failed, and you know, and brought myself back up, but I figured you know what maybe it's time to try it again. Yeah, um, and that's and that's kind of the way the path took me. Nice,
0: that's awesome. So, what is there anything? What, just so I can go back to your dad for a minute. Was your dad an entrepreneur, or is he working within a framework of a company?
1: Uh no, my dad was, you know, he worked in the framework for a company. Okay. Um, you know, just very hardworking. Uh, you know, I, sure. I, I took that from both my parents, just real hard workers. Um, you know, on the contrary, they're they're you know, I get, you know, it's it's a typical Latin family. I have gotten, you know, to your point about the entrepreneurship, which isn't something that comes natural in my family at least. Um, I've gotten hundred times. Uh, you should probably get a real job. You know, you don't have a <laughs> yeah. real job. Well, that's kind um, of where you know, I was going. Ooh. I didn't know if your dad was an entrepreneur.
0: So um what did you when you took that leap, right? And you know, I think the 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 lesson that people learn sometimes the hard way when they go from working for someone to being an entrepreneur or even being an entrepreneur, a solopreneur, or someone who's just like you're the only person in your company, to like running and leading a team, which I know you do. What are some of the things that you found when you went from being working for a company to going to an entrepreneur and then so that's one question what what are some of those lessons and then what did you learn when you started having and leading a team
1: So I mean I think a lot of them actually uh, translate well right and and I think I think there's there's a there's a relationship between both both aspects I and mean, one of the things that I had you know I'll start with with the foundation that I'm huge on mentorship Right. I've had a lot of mentors uh, in my career who've, who've kind of guided me through the process. And one of the things that I remember as when I was working in the banking world and one of the banks and I used to, one of my mentors was a CFO of this this bank that I was with out uh, in East Coast Bank. Um, and I would meet with him, come on a weekly basis and have conversations and, and things. And and one of the things he always taught, taught me was, you know, you get to a level in your career, the C-level, or you're trying to lead a team, or you're trying to do different things where you're not given a roadmap. You're not told exactly what to do. Yeah, your job is to come in, analyze the situation, and you create that path. Yeah, right. And I and it something that really stuck with me, and that's how I think I built uh, where I was able to to expand in, in the corporate world, where I got these opportunities. Where you know I got a position, and nobody ever told me, or I didn't ask, what is it that you you're asking for? I mean, I knew you know it's in a sales role, it's in a sales uh, organization, so I knew the desire was was up numbers, mm-hmm. right? But they didn't tell you how to do it. Yeah. So I would start creating my programs, my methods, uh, which I taught and I and I created these methods of how to get to those certain things. Um, fast forward, you know, being an entrepreneur, it's the same thing, right? I'm uh, who, do, who, do, who am I going to ask? What do I do today? Right? Nobody tells you, yeah. um, here's, here's your goal for this month. Here's your goal for this week. Here's your goal for the day, right? If, so it's a lot of that self-motivation, that self-drive um, that charting your own path and being able to set those goals in, in front of you um, on your own that you want to meet. Yeah.
0: I love that, man. I, I love it. And I think that people, you know, it's funny, you mentioned just hard work and, and that was something that you got from your family. It's funny how, you know, the luckiest people are the hardest workers. You know what I mean? The people that everyone goes, oh, they're so lucky they have that business. They're so lucky they have the success. It's like usually you start peeling back the onion and they're also the hardest working people you'll you'll ever meet. (laughs) So I think that that's something people sometimes in this like, you know, super rush, rush world of, you know, Instagram and social, like everyone thinks this stuff happens like overnight and with no effort. It's like the formula hasn't changed a lot. It's like, you know, people who work their butts off
1: tend to find a lot, a lot of the, the luck or the success, right?
0: Um, no, it's, it's funny you mentioned that. There's, there's this
1: meme that I kind of remember that I always stuck out to me. In it, and it says, um, you know, everybody wants the life I live, but they, you know, they see this part of it. They don't remember the the sleepless nights they don't remember the twenty hour days they don't remember the overdrawn bank accounts the uh, you yep. know the the, the the all the struggles you you had <laughs> yeah. to go through to get to this point in life totally
0: totally there's so much to this um, so talk a little bit about what does JSS uh, Financial do what do you guys do there and why why did you even form it like the, there's a lot of places you probably could have gone to work that you know do similar things like
1: what do you guys do that's so different and
0: why did you feel compelled to to start that
1: well, I'm glad you asked that. So, yeah, so at JSS, um, JSS has been around for about five or six years now. Um, it was kind of a, a brainchild of myself and, and a partner that I have. Um, and her and I, you know, been in the business for 20 years each, you know, had a lot of experience, kind of built these great relationships. Um, and we saw a need, right? There was there was a need in, the, in our marketplace, especially here in California, where we're dealing with a lot of Hollywood individuals. We're dealing with a lot of self-employees, a lot of entrepreneurs. Um, and there was a void in in how these people get financed right? For, for, for properties. So we started carving out a niche for ourselves and being able to help uh, these individuals. Um, And it, and it really, and it was at the beginning, it was more conventional financing, you know, the, just the oddball, out of the box type financing. Um, And it really kind of um, evolved into what we call now private mortgage lending, right? We're now um, our funds that we lend out don't come from banks. You know with they we have uh, private relationships with private family offices with hedge funds we have um, different investors that we can call on to say hey we have a 30 million dollar project uh, it's a house in the hollywood hills and you know they're they're looking for a 15 million dollar loan right and we can go ahead and, and secure that for them um we're, we're doing we can do uh you know for a lot of the real estate investors the fix and flip loans where we can finance you know a big portion of the, of the purchase price and rehab budgets Um, You know, we can do a development project, people who are developing, you know, 15, 20, 30 condos uh, up in the Bay Area or nationwide, we can finance hotels, hospitality, restaurants. So we've kind of created this out of a need that we saw where, you know, there was an underserved market. um, And then there was there was a world that was called hard money right and there was people would turn to that hard money space uh but it had a really bad connotation of hey so if i don't pay that somebody's going to come break my kneecaps <laughs> yeah, right yeah. um and 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 i brought that corporate mentality of of you know being able to do things you know properly and uh, disclose properly and be able to do Things, um, you know, at a different level that that uh, that that market wasn't doing before, and we created this space where I mean, I don't say I created it, but you know, we we definitely push hard. Where we're private money, right? We're not hard money. Um, you know, the whole the difference with us is money's coming from private sources. But yeah, you get a mortgage statement in the mail. There's an there's a website where you can make your mortgage payments. You know, you get all the reporting that you need. You get banks. I mean, it, it's it's. Like if you're dealing with a, yeah, uh, yeah. A, a a big organization, a big bank, yeah. um, and it looks and it, and it feels done right. Yeah,
0: I love that. I love that. So, what did you find? What, so, was you, it was, sounds like your competitive advantage, or or what you kind of built your your company on, was we're gonna do things that other people have done maybe before, but it was much more uh, sketchy might not be the right word, but you guys brought that level of, (laughs) okay. So you guys brought that professionalism above the board, corporate feel, but with the personal touch that you're able to lend on things that maybe other lenders would say, I don't know about that, right? Like you're you're doing some of these oddball stuff, at least in the beginning, out of the box stuff, you called it. so talk to me about COVID-19. How did that affect you guys? What did that look like? And, and then I would love to hear what you think people can and should expect in the real estate world going forward.
1: That's, that's, that's the million dollar question. Right. Um, but yeah, so it was interesting because, you know, you know, as soon as everybody started hearing the news of COVID and same myself, you know, I, and, and, you know, uh, you know, I, I was like, oh my God, what's happening. Right. Yeah. And, and, um, you know, we did a lot of research, really dove into what was happening in the world and the econ side. That's, I'm, I'm a self-proclaimed finance nerd. Um, I mean, literally a nerd when it comes to that stuff. And, you know, and, and I want to know everything and I want to know about the GDP and I want to know about inflation. I want to know about all that's happening. Um, so I started doing some research and and I re, we really found um, an opportunity, right? Yeah. Because a lot of the banks slow down. A lot of the banks, you know, uh, took the foot off the gas and, and, and if anything, especially anything that did not fit the cookie cutter box. Yeah. If you were trying to get a loan that did not fit in the box, um, you know, that A paper, traditional 720 self-employed, I mean, wage earner, you work for, you know, a CPA and you have all your ducks, ducks in a row. If that was not you, you probably weren't going to get a loan during that time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so on, on a, on a calculated gamble, um, we doubled down. We doubled down and we said, you know what? We're going to increase our marketing. We're going to expand um, into other markets. And we, at the time, we were only doing California. We expanded to all fifty states. We expanded to being able to get in front of a lot more people and explain yeah. and educate them on the difference of what we did. And I said, look, there's a you know there, there's 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 um, you know we're more expensive and we we have stuff, but we're going to get your deal done. We're going to be able to salvage. I mean, I don't know how many deals, how many calls I was getting at the time where people were, especially investors, were, hey, you know what? I'm 20 days into escrow. The bank just said they're not going to do my loan. My deposits are released. Yep. Contingencies are out. I don't know what to do, yep. right? This is my livelihood. I flip properties or I invest in real estate. I buy apartment buildings. Um, And we really found that niche. And like I said, we doubled down and we said, we're going to go all in. And we did, Um, you know, and and and- you know, in hindsight, it, it worked out, you know, our gamble paid off and, and we did very well, um, being able to serve a lot of people. And I think, uh, you know, it's in our, our mentality has always been, we're not the most expensive guys out there. Uh, quite the opposite. You know, we, we usually try to work within people's framework and people's budget to make the deal work. Um, because we know that building that relationship, forging that relationship with these investors, yep. it's going to be long-term. Yeah.
0: So why were you only in California? And then how hard was it? You said you expanded to all 50 States. How big of a lift was that?
1: So um, we were just in California mainly because um, I, I, part of it was just desire, right? It was, it was mm-hmm. just the market I know. It's um, my backyard, right? We're, yep. we're in Southern California. It's what we do, what we know. Um, it was just mainly just marketing and, and budgets. And look, you know, we can sure. expand. We can spend more money and we can buy, um, you know, advertising space and, and other places. But how about we limit, you know, we're just, we're, we're a small organization. So we're trying to yep. keep budgets in mind, yep. right? So that's really it. Okay, okay. There um, was you know, no I'm,
0: other like there was no other like logistic or hesitation to go in the other markets. You just hadn't bothered I, I to mean, go outside. There,
1: there is there is logistics in in place where um, you know are the way the way we pitch ourselves to our investors that that fund our loans is we're a one stop shop, right? Um, you know, I have a legal service that will draw the loan documents, do the loan servicing for them. You know, uh, you know, they they do um, servicing and if there's any foreclosure stuff, there's trustee stuff. They handle all of that. So there is logistics in the sense that we had to partner with the right people, right organizations that can cover uh, licensing issues and different things that they could cover uh, other states. Yeah. Um, but sometimes it's the small stuff. It's like appraisers, right? If we you know we our network of appraisers was here in California, it's you know how to partner up with uh, with a big organization that had boots on the ground in all 50 states. Um, escrow companies, title companies, knowing the difference between different states and uh, is it an escrow state, is it a title state, is a, is a, is it a low attorney state, right? And being able to expand that network. So it took a little bit. Um luckily, like I said, I've been in this for about 20 years. Um I've traveled the country uh when for different uh with the organizations that I've been with. Uh, and i've set up processing centers in jacksonville and uh, chicago and uh, colorado and different places that i've been uh, so i've built relationships that i can make phone calls and say hey i need somebody in texas that can help with with title and you know give it a couple hours i'll have somebody there that can that can yeah. handle that for us nice nice i
0: love that and i know a big part of your expertise and who you are is is about sales and and that's that's an area that you're you know you're an expert in can, it, you know a lot of my listeners are the sales that we do is we're going into homes, we're talking to homeowners, we're we're discovering, you know, what they're Reason for wanting to sell. Everyone's got, you know, there's a challenge that they're facing, and that's why a lot of times they're selling us the house that they're selling us as a fix and flip investor, for example. Um, what do you tell people about sales if they say, "Listen, I, I, it's my company. I, I run the company. I own the company. I don't have anybody on my team. I'm not great at sales. I want to get better at sales." What, what do you typically tell people uh, who who are self-proclaimed not salespeople, but they they find themselves owning, you know, they're an entrepreneur, they have to figure this out. What can people do, if anything, to, to help their sales?
1: So I, that's a great question because that's one of the things that I'm passionate about is that sales, right? It's the teaching of the sales, it's the education of the sales. And I started in this business, um, I wasn't given any training, any tools. You know, I remember at the first mortgage job, mortgage sales position I got, um, I was given a phone and a spreadsheet and they said, go sell. Yeah. And I said, Sell what? You know, we'll go see if they want to refinance. (laughs) And how do I do that? And nobody ever taught me, right? So I made it a passion and I made it it a goal for mine to learn and to educate myself, you know, and over the years and over trial and error and different things, um, I've actually created this whole system and this method, you know, And, and one of the first things that I tell people is everybody's a salesperson. Right. If you own your own business, you're a salesperson. It doesn't matter if you're out, you know, shaking hands or making phone calls or whatever it is you're doing. You're selling yourself. You're selling your business. You're selling your services, right? So my first thing to people is, first of all, get that, you know, train your your mind to know that, um, you know, I'm I'm selling. I'm always selling myself, right? Um, but the biggest part of my method and what I what I train people on um, is activity, right? And people talk about activities all the time, and that's the the, that's, the, that's the thing in sales. Well, it's about activities and, you know, doing activities and yada, 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 yada. We manage through activities and we've all heard it, right? Yep. Um, but the difference with mine is it's not about the activity, It's but it's doing the activity the right amount of times, right? It's about knowing your data. I'm, like I said, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a numbers guy. I'm a data-driven numbers guy. It's every activity you do in any sales position, it doesn't matter if you're selling photocopy machines, houses, loans. doesn't matter what you're selling. There's a there's a there's a conversion rate for every activity yeah right and you can determine your own conversion rate or you can look them up online right there's google it there's conversion rates for everything yeah but once you know your conversion rate now you know hey I'm gonna door knock my conversion rate on door knocking is eight percent let's just say so now I know I need to knock on a hundred doors to get get eight responses right and if you're selling yourself short and you're still wanting to get those eight responses but you're not knocking on hundred doors, you're not gonna get that number. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a fact, Yep. right? So the first thing, and that's what I always tell people, it's you don't have to be great, right? It's about putting yourself in opportunities to do it, Yep. right, and letting, and letting your expertise shine when you get there. But it's doing it the right amount of times to get in front of the right amount of people to be able to get that conversion. So is that how do you, and I'm
0: sure in any business, you have people that work for you in sales. There's always going to be the top producers and the people who are not the top producers doesn't mean they're not great. They're just not the top producers. Is that really the strategy that you take with with folks that are maybe struggling? Might be the wrong word, but they're not at the top. Is it is it about kind of tracking and looking at those metrics and understanding that it's a numbers game? Like how much of it is repetition and how much of it is actual technique and the art of
1: sale? Well, there's both, right? So you do need to have. And, and this is what I've always told people it's, it's, you know, when you're not succeeding and it sounds a little bit harsh, but, but this is the way I tell people there's either two reasons why you're not succeeding. It's either you're not doing it the right amount of times or you suck. Right. Yep. Harsh, but you know, and some people don't need to be in that position. Right. And, yeah. and we know that. And then if you don't have that gift or you don't have that ability to do so um, but other than that, it's doing it the right amount of times. Yeah. Right. Cause I've taken some people who, you know, have no business being in sales. <laughs> You know but they make 100 phone calls a day yeah and yet they're putting up numbers right yeah. so it, can their conversion rate be better if their technique and their skill set was better 100 yeah right so maybe they're not have to make 100 phone calls because somebody who's better is probably only making 30 phone calls right right but it, that's why i said you know your conversion rate and you know how how well i do a certain task or a certain activity um and there is i mean there's a skill to selling right and i can teach skills and i can talk to people about you know knowing your subject matter knowing knowing your, what you're doing knowing your opening lines and being able to pick up on the on the sales cues that are necessary right and i think that's that's all fantastic right um but it starts with doing something yep
0: yep all right so i sort of asked you this already but i want to i want to make it real clear and concise for folks and if they didn't totally get it what do you think we can expect from the real estate market going forward in this pre, kind of mid to post COVID era that we're getting into?
1: Well, yeah. So, you know, that's, that's, it's what, one of the things that we're basing our business off of right now, it's, it's looking forward and what's, and what's happening. Uh, you know, and every market is a little bit different and I get it, um, you know, and every, uh, but, you know, there was a big push at the beginning and people kept talking about, you know, Hey, there's another foreclosure boom, coming. there's another foreclosure boom coming. Um, and I may be wrong. Everything that I read, all the analytics that I look at, um, it's not there, right? Uh, you know, a lot of these properties went into forbearance and a lot of these client uh, borrowers uh, were in bad shape. Um, you know, all the numbers that you read from the Mortgage Bankers Association show that most of these people have gotten out of forbearance, hmm. right? Most of these people have gotten a workout plan. Um, I think the government has has put the safety measures in place, whether we like them or not, um, to kind of prevent that that bottom uh coming out again, yeah. like like, this, like it did in 08, in 09, right? And, yeah. and and such such a drastic hit that it had to our economy. So um, in my opinion, I think values are gonna continue to increase. Um, every market's a little bit different. You know, what sure. percentages you're gonna see, um, it is stabling out, right? We're not seeing the huge increases that we saw uh, in you know, the last 18 months. Um, we all seen the market kind of level out a little bit, um, but we're not gonna see any big dips right? There's still opportunities, you know, for, for like a lot of the listeners who are looking for the fix and flip opportunities who were maybe kind of sitting on the fence and waiting for that market to bottom out. And, um, there's I, what I always tell people is there's opportunities in every market, Yeah. right? There's, there's, there's the hidden gems. You just got to do the work. You got to go do the digging, um, to, to find them. Um, yep. but I I don't, I don't see a huge crash. Coming.
0: Okay. From a mortgage standpoint or from a lending standpoint, uh, do you see are are the lending um, the, the rules around it and some of the things that are maybe got you know you talk about oh eight oh nine right everybody tightened up pretty hardcore it got very difficult to get loans do you see anything like that coming like the lending practices becoming more conservative or more liberal like h- how are we looking from an investor standpoint should we, in other words I guess what I'm getting at is if I'm an if I'm a fix and flip investor can I look forward to maybe some more aggressive, creative stuff coming out of the lending industry, or should I not hold my breath for anything uh, that might, you know, they might look at as something that's going to get them back in, in the position they were in at one point?
1: Well, yeah. So, so, uh, rewinding a little bit, like pre-COVID, um, everything was starting to loosen up a little bit, right? The lending guidelines were just now starting. We were starting to see. Some some more aggressive programs, some more more things to be able to, to do. Um, what what we call the non-QM, the non-qualified mortgage base, right? The bank statement loans, the ten ninety nine only programs, a couple of kind of more interesting, a um, little more flexible programs. Um, and then COVID hit, and all those programs completely shrunk down. Yeah. Right. LTVs changed, guidelines changed, um, and there was there was nothing um, in the last I'd say maybe six to nine months. We are seeing that kind of open up a little bit more uh we are seeing those be- those programs kind of come out a lot of it has to do with the secondary market and there's markets for it and where where those uh, mortgage uh funds are being purchased and, and all that so yep. we are seeing a little bit of tightening on that um i think it's this and this here's my opinion you know for what it's worth it's the conventional loans right the the cookie cutter fannie mae freddie mac loans those are set right they have the guidelines there's not they're not budging on those for now and i don't see any any wiggle room in that. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are getting these outside, uh, more and more aggressive companies in, in the non-QM or private money world, where they're uh, you know, providing some opportunities to be able to do some more creative financing than we had in a long time, Okay, right? That's one of the things that, um, that I'll plug a little bit about myself. One of the things that we have been working on one of the biggest projects that we have kind of coming out um, where we just got uh, approved by the SEC to, to launch our own fund, uh, JSS Capital. Um, part of that is, uh, we're doing a capital raise right now where investors can, can invest money into our fund. Um, and then we, or I am creating programs to go out and deploy those, those assets and those funds into the the real estate community.
0: Nice. Very cool. Very cool. Well, listen, uh, we could talk all day about building business, leadership, sales. It's all good stuff. And it's all very translatable. I don't care what industry you're in. All of those things uh, are, are translated across the board. Uh, but I want to respect your time. Is there anything before we go? I know you just mentioned the fund that you're launching. Is there anything before we go that you'd like to mention? Maybe where people can find you if they want more information about uh, JSS or anything else that you've talked about?
1: No, perfect. I appreciate the time. Uh, like I said earlier, uh, but yeah, so anybody wants to talk, you know, I love to talk. I love to share. I love educate people. Um, they can find us online at jssfinancial.net, um, or my personal web, web, uh, website, sorry, byronenriquez.com, um, or on social media, we're at, at JSS financial on all platforms, or my personal, it's at the casual executive. Um, I I'm it. out there, like to speak, like to share our experiences with people. Um, we like to educate people and, and help see people see people grow.
0: Love it, man. Thank you again for your time. I really appreciate it. I wish you nothing but success. I know you're going to continue to be successful. You're already very successful, but I know you'll continue. You're definitely a smart guy. You know what you're talking about. So thank you for your time. Thank you. For, thank you for being here. And uh, hopefully we'll catch up in the future.
1: Sounds good. I appreciate it.
0: All right. We'll see you. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed Byron. Uh, it's you know, it's funny. We talked about uh, during the the interview the the most like the luckiest people. Coincidentally, tend to be the hardest workers, and uh, Byron is no exception. Super hard worker, super smart guy. Definitely got it figured out, and uh, a great salesperson. Great, great person to learn from. So, I hope you enjoyed that, and uh, I know I did. I, it was just a fun conversation for me. So, guys, but listen, you got to get out there. You know, the word hard working starts when you start working. So, get out there and start working. Make the most of whatever situation you're in. Find a way don't take no for an answer. We all have it within us. You just have to get out there and get started. Go get started, guys. We'll talk to you next time.